You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods for Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. We are simulcasting live on YouTube a couple days late. Uh, I am in studio. Lazy David. I'm in the, I'm in the flight path of uh, LAX. <laughs> we could hear that during the intro. Which there there was such a long, a long, <laughs> long airplane noise in the entirety of the intro. It was really great. So why can't you come in the studio, David? What's going on here? Uh, you have dengue fever. <laughs> or something. <laughs> or yeah. malaria. It's impossible to know which. Because uh, your uh, your gallivanting hedonistic lifestyle has finally caught up with you, it apparently uh, your, did. Your most recent vacation has brought you low. It did. <laughs> I was in Singapore, which is awesome for the Philippines, and then came back Saturday, jet lagged for a couple of days, and then Monday I just got walled by something, fever, night sweats, like ugh, whatever. But uh, I feel okay today, and we thought we'd do the show. I feel really bad. I wanted to do it on Tuesday, but I like there have been some developments and stuff, a lot of stuff going on in Pac-12 uh, football world. So hopefully this will work. Um, it's good to be back. It's good, you know, because I was gone for vacations. We didn't get to do a show. Yeah. I, I was going to try to do one in Singapore where it's like 15-hour time difference. Um, that would have been good. Yeah. When I, I, I flew back through Taipei, and it's like it's a 12-hour flight. And I left like Saturday afternoon and you land Saturday morning. So it's weird. So you're in the plane for 12 hours and it's like before. Yeah, it was all, I was, all kind, of, I, I was all kind of messed up, uh, whatever, but it's going to be back. Um, if you have any questions or comments for the show, pack 12 podcast at gmail.com, or you can call or text us at 424-532-0678. You can tweet us at pack 12 podcast and the website is pack 12 podcast.com. I'm not going to mention Reddit because we have a question about that later on. I don't know. Someone might have made it private or something. I'm not sure. We'll figure that out. We also, if we love when you guys are listening on the Apple Podcasting app, if you can follow us over there at the Podcast of Champions, rate us with a five stars. Uh, that'd be awesome uh, if you can do that. I don't know. Do we have any new ones, David? We do have some new ones. Oh, nice. We have three new reviews. Okay. The first from Brian in Utah, five-star review. A mediocre mess to match a mediocre league. For some silly reason, I've listened to this dreck for seven years now. Only God knows why. When it goes away next year, I might even be sad. Okay, I lied about that. Dave is your typical liberal elite communist. 
<laughs> Let someone else do all the work while he'll take while he takes all the credit. That's meanwhile, pretty good. <laughs> meanwhile, Ryan does all the work for the podcast while secretly hoping the government goes away entirely and USC rules the entire world. Cue the Imperial March. Okay, I did what you asked. If you bring back gift cards to Victoria's Secret or whatever other stupid store, I expect to be paid up. Nice. Uh, I love it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is from hashtag Big Trev. Uh, Pac-12's last hope of keeping an all-right podcast. Love listening to you guys weekly and hearing you wander off into totally different topics other than the Pac-12. Go Ducks. All right. Seems like a brand enthusiast. Oh, holy shit. Is there a long one? Uh, yeah, Vince1776. Oh, I think I know what he did. I think this is a chat GPT version of a review. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't, ex- I can't express... Yeah. Actually, I should do it. I can't express enough how much I adore the podcast of champions hosted by the dynamic duo Ryan Abraham and David Woods. This podcast has officially become my go-to source for all things college football, and it constantly delivers an outstanding listening experience. Without a doubt, I wholeheartedly give it a resounding five-star rating, first and foremost. Ryan and David are a perfect match made in podcast heaven. Their chemistry is palpable and their deep knowledge and passion for the sport shine through every episode. Their ability to dissect games, analyze teams, and provide unique insights is nothing short of remarkable. Learning to them discuss the world of college football is like sitting down with two incredibly knowledgeable friends who happen to be experts in the field. One of the aspects that sets Podcast of Champions apart from others is its impeccable production quality. The sound engineering is flawless, ensuring crystal clear audio throughout each episode. This attention to detail enhances the listening experience, allowing me to fully immerse myself in the discussions without any distractions. Moreover, the range of topics covered in the podcast is exceptional, from in-depth game breakdowns and conference predictions to interviews with prominent figures in the college football realm. Ryan and David leave no stone unturned. Their ability to balance analysis and entertainment is commendable, making each episode both informative and enjoyable. Another standout feature is the host's commitment to engaging with their audience. The podcast's interactive nature is fantastic, as Ryan and David actively address fan questions, comments, and even incorporate listener suggestions into their episodes. It truly feels like a community, and the host's genuine interest in their listeners' perspectives is truly refreshing. I also appreciate the podcast's consistency and reliability. The episodes are released on schedule, ensuring that avid fans like myself never have to wait too long for their next college football fix. The dedication and work ethic of Ryan and David truly shine through in their consistent delivery of top-notch content. In summary, the podcast of champions with Ryan and David is an absolute gem for any college football enthusiast. With their incredible knowledge, engaging personalities, outstanding production quality, and commitment to the audience, this podcast deserves all the praise it receives. I eagerly await each new episode and can confidently recommend it to anyone seeking expert analysis, captivating discussions, and an overall fantastic podcast experience. Kudos to Ryan and David for their exceptional work. Um, that was a very impressive read, David. Holy well, cow. Well, I do what I can. You are you were sort of like, I don't know, drifting oh. towards like uh, – Indian customer service guy, but then you kind of kept it. There's like a little bit of that, and then a little bit of Mork and Mindy going on, <laughs> which is a reference way before my time, but I've got it in the bag, so I'm just going to drop Nanu, it. Nanu, Nanu, I think that was the that yeah, was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mork and Mindy was great, uh, or I don't know, for the time it was great. That was a uh, that was pretty good. So we had a, that's our first like Chat GPT uh, review, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's ChatGPT. I, I mean, know, that yeah. would be my guess what that was. Um, it, it it certainly didn't sound like anything we've done as a show. Yeah. Uh, no. So but written that, by an AI would make sense. 
We did have a couple comments. Uh, Scott said the overwhelming praise is how you know it's not real. So perfect. Exactly, Scott. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. We have uh, we have a comment here. Let me put it up for you. When is the uh, Vegas trip? Uh, Podcast of Champions Vegas trip. It's in our notes. Uh, the uh, Pac-12 Media Day, July 21st in Las Vegas. So are we doing that? I'm doing it. You're not doing it? Do you want to do it? Yeah. We could do a little gathering. What is July 21st? Should we do a thing? Should we do a thing? Let me. The hell yeah, we got to do a thing. Um, so it's a Friday. That's kind of perfect. So we could do kinda like. Beautiful. Stay for the weekend kind of thing. Well, there's this classic situation I'm in. It's what I call the Abraham, which is I'm already due to be in Vegas the following weekend. Yes. I, I like to call that the Abraham. The Abraham. Um, and I, <laughs> I don't know if this stage of my life I can actually pull off an Abraham the way I used to. <laughs> yes. Uh, that'd be good. Okay. Yeah, we're doing something. Well, this is our last, like, go around, right? Like, it'll be less, you know, this is our last season. No, we get to go to Chicago next year or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, who's? Yeah, I think West Texas Mike is in. He's like, it's Vegas. Yeah, we're doing it. We got to do something. Oh, wait, that was the wrong one. No, you just put up the same comment again. I don't know why. I mm. selected his. But it didn't happen, you see. I'll try it again. There we go. That one worked. Um. Yeah. So do you like being able to see the screen? I do. It's it's a little it's a little weird though, because I usually look at our YouTube as we're going. Right, but that's behind. Yeah, but that's the way I know like what people are saying. But if I look at this, I don't have that Ah, uh, yeah. I don't have that running list of what people are saying. So I have to keep toggling back and forth. So no, this is a lesser experience in every single way. Okay. And I hate it. Well, perfect. Uh, well, hopefully I won't be sick for the next uh, next episodes. But I really wanted to do a show Tuesday. I was very excited, and then I just there's no way uh, we could pull it off. So I thought this would be the best kind of thing to to go. And there's been some new developments since Tuesday. Um, mm -hmm. John Canzano reported that there is a grant of rights deal uh, in principle agreed upon through the remaining uh, Pac-10 schools, ten schools in the. Uh, the Pac-12, I know the Athletic is kind of reporting on that. The the general just being that there's, you know, that they're like, okay, if we get a good media rights deal, we will sign uh, a grant of rights, which basically locks everybody in, which is kind of like, that. that's kind of the way it was going to be anyway, right, David? Yeah, is that is that news? Because, yeah, <laughs> oh, if we get a deal that we all like, we will continue to take money from this league yeah oh yeah yeah oh very interesting yes thank you for this information i think it's just something you you needed something like we're hearing like random stuff uh from like the arizona president talking about this or washington state talking about that like there's no and, and this was one of my notes too like the whole we haven't heard from george klyovkov thing on all this like where where do you stand on that like it just seems like i don't know like there's you need to hear from the leader. I get that you're trying to keep things close to the vets or whatever, but holy cow, you just this long of not saying anything, I just think that's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is being handled well. Um, I don't I, I think they're in kind of a I mean, kind of a bad position just by the nature of um, you know, the fact that they don't have uh anything to show, anything to demonstrate. 
but I don't think they're handling it well on top of that. I mean, he should be pretty forthcoming. He should, you know, kind of share as they're ongoing. Uh, the thing is, and I think this is um, kind of the way to read into it, is it's probably not going well. And that's why he is not being very public. If it was, if you were trying to shore up confidence in the league, both for your potential partners in the media deal and for the league themselves and for fans and the whole thing, um, and also to make yourself a more attractive destination for San Diego State or SMU or whatever the heck it is, uh, you want to be fronting confidently. And I, I'm not getting that sense from the Pac-12 right now because, and this is probably just the reality of it, they're not. I don't think the the negotiations or the the possibility of getting a deal that's you know approaching what the teams want is good. I think they're in trouble, and I think their lack of communication about that uh, is a sign of it. No, I, I think you're right, and the order is not changing. It's good that you know the the ten schools have said, "Hey, we will sign a grant of rights deal if this is um, you know the." The media rights deal makes financial sense for us, but there's just, there's some splintering and stuff going on, you know, with Colorado being rumored to have been, been talked in talks with the big 12 already, um, you know, follow Jason Shear over there, his tweets about what's going on with Arizona. I mean, there's there, you know, from the big 12 media side, there's a lot of people tweeting a lot of the remember the FUD, the fear, uncertainty and doubt that I was talking about before a lot of that going on. Um, we're hearing more positive stuff on the Pac-12 side. I think John Wilner's, uh, he still has the Pac-12 survival as a four-point favorite over its demise. Um, but I think by his previous calculations, they should be a dog at this point. Yeah, he he was saying it was going to go every week like it was a point yeah. or something. Yeah, they should. But he's keeping it, you know, as, as a four-point favorite. Um, so it kind of depends who you talk to. But it's... Like we've said from the beginning, it all comes down to the media rights deal, right? Like if they get a good deal, it's not. There's we've we've had some like live comments and like like is there any way Saudi money can get pumped into the Pac-12? <laughs> There's uh, no more. You, you know, we've talked about BYU's lack of ideological fit with the Pac-12, but Saudi Arabia <laughs> that could be not as quite as ideal. <laughs> That, that, I don't know if you follow that stuff, but just funny. Like since I've been on the couch, I just watch that stuff all day. And you're like, I love golf, and I'm mean, you're not a big golf fan, but like you got guys like Roy McIlroy who like took a stand, and in the it was a I forget the guy, the commissioner of the the PGA who was like moral high ground, like you know embracing the 911 families, like we you know this Saudi yeah. money's terrible. Rory has to go out and like basically he became like the sacrificial lamb, and then all of a sudden like. Oh yeah, if you give all these players hundreds of millions of dollars, that's not okay. But you give the PGA Tour, okay, we'll take it. You know, it's just totally hypocritical. Like for you to take that moral high ground and then sort of have to flip around. Um, but I don't know, man. The Pac-12 is desperate. You don't think uh, a little infusion of you know they can dude? Just... If, if, I swear to God, if Saudi Arabia came to George Klyavkov tomorrow <laughs> and said we'll give you uh, fifty million per school, he'd take that without blinking. When, when you're talking about, like, trying to figure out, like, oh, you owe an extra $5 million to Comcast, or and they're throwing around hundreds of millions of dollars, like, it's, you know, change. Like, they could fix everything. They could they could put the Pac-12 as the, the, you know, above the SEC and the Big Ten instantly. Like, oh, yeah, let's just give you guys lots of money. Um, yes, yes. That would be insane. Yeah, but, it sure would. But outside of that, it's like, what do you, you know, I don't know. Um, 
It just seems like you're trying to buy a house in a terrible market, and that's where Clayoff Golf is, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so I don't think it's market conditions. I really don't. I mean, it, market I conditions it, didn't help, but market conditions don't help. But uh, other leagues are getting um, pretty big deals. No, I think the the bigger thing is that you're trying to uh, you're trying to sell a house in. Uh, a floodplain like you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to sell a house in a uh, fire hazard zone um you're trying to sell a house that has you know some severe deficiencies to it um and i think the, the reality is that they're faced with that and also some some market bias against the fact 12 and um they're trying to sell a house in a no demand market nobody wants nobody wants these media rights at any anything like a premium um and uh they the Pac-12 has been um, so convincingly desperate, like throughout this whole thing, that I think it—I think everything about what they are trying to accomplish reeks of a veneer of co- of confidence, masking just absolute desperation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the the biggest issue they're contending with with negotiating with anybody. Colt says. Uh... Pac-12 on the CW brought to you by the PIF, which is the public investment fund. That's like the Saudi, like huge fund of money that is behind like Live Golf. But yeah, Live was on the CW. And behind a lot of beheadings. Let's remember those. <laughs> Don't forget the beheadings. Don't forget um, or illegal wars <laughs> that we support nationally, <laughs> implicitly. But the CW and and no matter which government, no matter which party is in power, we still kind of support it implicitly. It's very cool. Yeah, uh, the CW those that's what broadcasts live. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a connection there. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Thomas says this is why David never became a realtor. I could David. Is that has, why there's Damn. there's like a million reasons why like. <laughs> Like that would be one of the worst jobs for you. I'd be great at it. No, you wouldn't sell. <laughs> you I'm would... a schmoozer. <laughs> oh my god, no! I can schmooze. No, I don't think so. Um, so you got to follow Jason Shear. I've got a lot of chutzpah. I've got a lot of get up and go. Yeah, I can stage a house. You could stay sure. You keep a straight face. And you'd be like, "This sucks." Like, yeah, I wouldn't buy it. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> Are you listening? I'm listening to the honest. Terrible. Yeah. You would be honest. I would be honest. Uh, so, like, follow Shear's stuff because there's, there's some really interesting tweets. One of the things, so the Arizona president came out and talked about this. So it was like after. Again, like, again, the most stupidly named man in the world, Robert Robbins. Right. He's awesome. Robert Robbins. We love to quote him. Uh, but I, Shear pointed out in one of the things, uh, one of his latest interviews or whatever, uh, once people said, okay, the grant of rights is agreed to, the sort of assumption after that, when people were commenting on Kanzano's report and like the athletics and stuff, was that, okay, so they must have like the numbers, basically like a deal is like, you know, in principle, like here's what the deal is. Uh, the Arizona president, Robert Roberts, said uh, that no deal- Hang on, deal- hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah? We want Robert Robbins to make some big news. Do you want to know why? Why? 
because then he might appear on Good Morning America. With oh, and he may be interviewed by Robin by Roberts. Robin Roberts. <laughs> that would be awesome. We got to make this happen, everyone. All right, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible for us to do this as a show because um, we only have seven listeners. But we got to get popular support for Robert Robbins to appear on Good Morning America to be interviewed by Robin Roberts. I like that's I, that's a cause I can get behind for All sure. Right. Perfect. Um, anyway, continue your thought if you can remember it. Yeah. So he was saying there's no deal presented yet. So that's and and. A lot of times people are pointing things out. So that's something Sheer tweeted out and said, this is the key point to this is that the president of Arizona said there hasn't been a deal presented yet. So you're saying that there's this grant of rights agreement, but there hasn't even been a deal presented yet. So if you're expecting something to happen tomorrow, that's not going to be the case. But there's, you know, with Colorado talking to the Big 12, with, you know, Arizona questions and stuff there. Um, any kind of thoughts on that? Is there? Do you see any sort of splintering? Is it now that the grant of rights is agreed to? Is there not going to be any breakoffs? Like, what do you what do you make of all this? I mean, is it really agreed to? Isn't it like a contingent agreement based would, on yeah. whether or not we get a valid offer or something that we all consider palatable? Like, it doesn't. It, this doesn't seem real. Um, so yeah, of course, splintering is still possible. I mean, if the Big Twelve makes a big offer to some number of schools and it's a better offer than what they eventually get from the Pac-12, then yeah, splintering still seems very possible. Um, so yeah, I mean, if there's no deal on the table, they can just say, I, right, is there anything legally binding about what they've agreed to at this point? No. No. <laughs> it's like, so the, it's like uh, the alliance. <laughs> yeah, it's the alliance. It's the alliance of grand rights deals. And it's just like, that was that, that was a funny thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so if I mean, if Colorado says, "Well, no, we can get thirty-five million from the Big Twelve. We're only going to get twenty-five million from the Pac-12." Sorry, we we agreed to give up the grant of rights a month ago. If this thing was right, but it's not right, it's wrong. So we're going to go to the Big Twelve. Uh, yeah, that still totally seems possible. Um, so no, I think I think splintering is still very possible. I would say you know just I mean. Not using any inside info, but just using like common sense. Uh, the longer we go without the Pac-12 having a, a deal in place, the the more desperate some of these schools are going to feel yeah. and how they're going to get, and they're going to have to start making decisions in their best interests. And um, it might be even if the Big Twelve offers twenty five million dollars or whatever, take the bird in hand. Um, versus uh, appearing on tape delay on CW. Um, <laughs> on tape so. delay. <laughs> Preempted by Heidi. Yes. What was that? Was that a super? There was something like some big NFL game that was like a, maybe it was like an NFC championship or something. And like Heidi had to, like, it went long and Heidi, I forget what it was, but there was like a thing back in the. I was reminded watching Air, uh, the movie about... Um, I almost watched that last night, yeah. But I, I was reminded in a little piece of throwaway dialogue that the NBA Finals used to be on tape delay it as, was. A, as just a matter of course. Um, yeah. So, not how, too far. How crazy that's, that's been. But there was a Heidi... Like, it was some big NFL game that Heidi... Like, it, it, the game wasn't over, and Heidi was scheduled to go on at, like, 4 o'clock or something, so they played Heidi on whatever station that was, so... You don't want that to happen. We had monster truck racing, or no, it was like it was some kind of truck racing that like had yeah, didn't an end. FS1, FS1. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, awesome. Okay, so oh, uh, we have some uh, 
USC Trojan. News, uh, your favorite, uh, Clay Hilton. Oh, yeah. No, Wrong, the king returns. Wrongfully Return terminated, king. in your opinion. Return of the king. He gets to come back, set his yeah. jaw, if the USC fans will know the reference. Uh, and yeah. Faith, come, family, and what was the other one? Football. football. <laughs> Not as much football, yeah. Right. <laughs> you, for, that's the, you forgot the right one. Uh, <laughs> he's coming back to the Coliseum with Georgia Southern. Yeah, if he's still exciting. around, if he's that's still exciting. around, uh, the the potential for extreme hilarity is really high. <laughs> um, yeah, I love to see it. Gotta love to see it. Um, it's going to be amazing. I hope. I hope we get one, one or two good shots of him doing the uh, on the sideline. Uh, yeah, that would be. Did you think I froze for a second? Yeah, I thought you froze. Yeah. <laughs> That uh, one shot, still that one shot of him and Darnold doing the same face in the post game press conference where they're both just like, "Here, yeah. do it with me for a second. Do it with me. Ready?" Okay, I like it. That's our screenshot, right? It should be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good stuff there. So that'll be kind of a, a fun one. You got to miss Clay, right? No, I. You know, he's a nice person. I miss. You know, I, I don't. Rose Bowl winner. Rose Bowl winner. Yes. Has Chip Kelly won a Rose Bowl? Not yet. No. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Oregon pre previous previous life. Uh, okay. Uh, Willer also had a good. Um, he does. He does a really good job. He calls it like back of the the envelope, you know, calculations, but projecting the revenue for the conference for next year because it it takes ten months for the numbers to come out and all this kind of stuff. Uh in general, if he had a good story, if you want to go check it out, um, record revenue, it was, even though it was still fifth place out of five for a power five, I think it was 38 million or something last year per school. He's projecting because of the Comcast stuff. So even though there's except like you get, you get five point, 5.1% um, increase in revenue because that's their TV deal, you know, but they also have that Comcast stuff going on. Um, where they owe like five million each or but anyway, overall revenue is going to go down a little bit for the next year, like by a million bucks is what he's thinking, which seems about right. The Pac-12 will still be in last place, um, desperately needing some kind of boost from this new TV deal, which of course we haven't seen anything from yet. And we talked about that, but any surprise that he feels like the revenue is going to go down year over year, which not typical when it comes to. Uh, conferences like this. It's just that the, I think the Comcast um, fiasco plus, you know, they, well, we'll talk about this in a little minute, but the, well, I was going to bring it up now, David. Did you, so did you read about this, that really expensive real estate in San Francisco that Larry Scott got and they built all the shit out of? Well, they walk away from the lease or whatever. They could have bought the building, right? And uh, they spent $10 million a year or whatever it was. Now they got to spend $10 million more to, put it all back. Like they really changed everything. And the people that own the builders like, yeah, we didn't say you could well, do that. It's like, it's so like, gonna pay 10 million if, to get it back. Well, it's, I mean, it's exactly like if you rent an apartment and you paint a wall, you got to paint it back to its right color before you get out of the lease. That's totally normal. It's just in this instance, it's $10 million of refurbishments. They have to do. Um, How crazy. Yeah. I mean, the fiscal decisions by Larry Scott should have him in prison. Um, it is, uh, like, I don't know. I guess the Pac-12 isn't a publicly traded company, so he didn't, um, 
I don't know, commit various public crimes. But uh, I, I, I don't, I can't imagine it would take too much work to find something where he said a certain thing and did a certain other thing and, you know, at least would be liable for some sort of civil action. Um, that said, uh, yeah, the PAC 12 is, uh, getting nutty with it, uh, financially. Um, the Comcast thing, apparently the initial numbers were underestimated. Um, it's <laughs> going to cost them even more. Um, the, I mean, it's just, you know, we knew at the time, I won't say at the time we knew halfway through his run that Larry Scott was pretty bad. Um, we knew, and- but somehow the presidents didn't know. It's like an iceberg thing, and we probably should have hit this point harder at different points. But like, you see the ten percent at the top, the bad refereeing, the uh, you know bad TV deal, the the different um, things he said about the Pac-12 network versus what was happening. But this like ninety percent that's coming to the surface now, where they you know borderline like defrauded the entire uh, league's presidents with the Comcast deal. And then also um, the details of the lease in San Francisco. And then immediately after when he was gone, the details of him getting that like interest-free loan to buy a house. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, it's just, uh, he built a pretty decently successful league for millions and then walked away unscathed and, the league's going to die at some point uh, and it'll be heavily linked to his tenure as the head of it. No, I, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, the way you put it though, the league's going to die at some point. Well, the league's going to die at some point and it's, be, and it's in large part, I mean, obviously there are some conditions that led to this too, but like yeah. it's going to be because of him in a large sense. Um, it's like one of those like private equity ghouls who like takes over a company and then uh, breaks it up piecemeal and destroys it um, and gathers some, you know, individual profit from it. But a thing that was a successful thing is now dead. Yeah. Uh, after they're done, they, they suck all the fat out of the whale's carcass um, <laughs> to put it nicely. That's a nice. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Pac-12, a whale's carcass. Yeah. Uh, nice. Eddie, let me put Eddie's thing up here. He says, can we, uh, oh, sorry. That was the wrong one. Why did I, somebody's not working. Hold on. Do, do, do. Try did he again. write that before I brought up the whale's carcass? Can we just, uh, hello, Ryan and David, or, or the question. Can we just yeah, push the, the Pac-12 out to sea and light the boat on fire? I think he did write that before. That's funny. It is, uh, yeah. Similar. No, we should blow it up like the like a whale that has beached itself on the beach. And they just take dynamite and flying everywhere. Yes. Have you seen the video of them doing that? No, I've not. Oh my god, it's glorious. Look it up. Look up exploding whale on beach. Exploding whale? Like that's yeah. how you get rid of it? Yes. Like exploding whale. What else are you gonna do with a big ass whale that's on the beach? Yeah, I don't know. Uh yeah. hmm. oh, not good. We did uh, get uh, the first three weeks of uh, the TV schedule, which I know you really, really like. Oh, I love it when you talk about TV schedules. Yeah. Um, so we're Is getting. Is there a way we can take a screenshot of my face and just paste it on there, and then I can go and do something <laughs> else for a little bit? <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on yep. some of this. It matters. 
you know it matters. Like I, so, for for example, Washington is playing at Michigan State. Now part of this new Big uh, Big Ten media deal, that game will be on Peacock. So you're in this, you know, you're Seattle, you're in Seattle, big fan of the Huskies. You're probably gonna have to buy Peacock because that's a huge early season out of conference game. Um, I can't do it anymore. You can't do it. I was, I was trying to do the I was trying to do the Clay Helton face the entire time, but I couldn't. <laughs> it's I hard. Couldn't. Yeah, got to give Clay credit. It's not easy to keep that going. But like for example of that streaming, mm-hmm. is that do you care that you'd have to now I got to go buy freaking Peacock because I want to watch. We're gonna have to buy Peacock to watch these games. Yeah, but, but that's not a. I, I don't know. That's not really a. Um... Pac-12 specific thing. That's just all these uh, friggin'. But it's a Pac-12, like a top 10 Pac-12 team that's going to be playing. on. Yeah, but is that because of the Pac-12's media deal or because of... Uh, no, no, just this is... Ju- just NDC deciding that's where they're going to put stuff. So yeah. here's a, just a side thing that's going on is that uh, streaming is now replacing cable uh, in all of the most horrible ways uh, because all of these... Um, networks now have their own independent you know streaming things you got paramount plus which you can get with a 247 annual subscription and right uh, now by the way 60 percent off so everywhere across the network off yeah so and at the end of your trial i think you can get paramount plus right at the end of the the promotional period but like get in there so if you're a fan of colorado so I'm say- and i'm not saying these negative things about paramount plus right which we all love uh but all of these networks now have their own little streaming uh, apps and whatnot. And so they're all trying to shunt things over there. And it is uh, a lesser experience than what linear cable used to provide. Uh, and it's quickly going to outpace it in costs. Things get worse. Entropy. <laughs> uh, true. You remember how much fun the internet used to be? Like back in like the early 2000s? Dude, Napster... Do you remember Napster? Like, but like everything, stuff. everything, like so many like just stupid websites that were just like full of jokes. Like it was just yeah. nothing but like comedy on the. Now there's like three websites you go to. They're all covered in ads. It's just a horrific experience. You don't want to do anything. And then the, everyone experiences the internet through like the same three apps. It's horrible. Yeah. Anyway, things get worse. Entropy. You do like that. Um. So I'm going to go through quickly some of the, key game so florida is coming to salt lake city thursday uh, august 31st so that's going to be cool like a week zero um and that's going to be on espn so that's a pretty big one um you looking forward to that utah needs some revenge yes yes i am the one of the more interesting ones is colorado is going to be on national television uh, three weeks in a row, two weeks in a row uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So September 2nd, they're going to go at TCU, which if you, I don't know if you don't follow college football that much, they were in the national championship game against Georgia, at least for like a minute or so, then they weren't in it anymore. Um, yeah. That's a the big noon game on Fox. Mm-hmm. Do you like Colorado in that spot? Yeah. I think it'll be fun to watch. I think it'll be fun for everyone to see uh, kind of what Colorado brings to the table in those first three games and having them on uh, actual uh, TV that most people can watch. I think it'll probably draw some pretty big ratings uh, for the Pac-12 generally and Colorado specifically. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. 
Washington gets to host uh, Boise State on ABC, so that's kind of a a big one. And that's about it for that kind of weekend. Uh, for week two, um, you got another big noon. This is going to be 9 a.m. local time, unless it'll be maybe it will be 10 a.m. Mountain at the time. I don't remember. Um, Nebraska at Colorado on Big Fox. Uh, another, so another nationally televised, you know, before noon game for Colorado. That's kind of rough, like to, to two of those in a row, big noon kickoff twice in a row for Colorado. Yeah, I agreed. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? I was just trying to approach the camera as closely as I could. I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, Utah and Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be on They're ESPN. Playing a football game. Yep. Uh, that's another 9am game. Uh, but that'll be on ESPN. So I uh, got a couple Pac-12 games early. That'll be, you know, two Pac-12 early games that week for us. So how are we going to handle that? I'm not sure. Um, we have a Pac-12 game on SEC Network. Arizona's going to be playing at Mississippi State. That'll be exciting. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Uh, our parent company, CBS, will be uh, San Diego State. It's going to host uh, the UCLA Bruins. Have you heard of them? Do you know them? I have. Yeah. Pretty good. Time or two. Yeah, and it's on CBS for real, not CBS Sports Network. CBS for real. And at the yeah. very same time, Wisconsin going to Washington State. Washington State went into Madison last year and beat them. That's going to be on ABC, same time. Um, so some good games in, uh, in week two. And, and the first Pac-12 game will be Stanford at USC uh, on Big Fox at 7.30 uh, p.m. Also, Oklahoma State is going to be at Arizona State, 7.30 p.m. on FS1. And Auburn... Is going to be at Cal, 7.30 on ESPN. So, like, holy cow, there's going to be a lot of going on at one time. Uh, a lot going on week two. Yep. What, Correct. Thoughts about, like, Colorado two weeks in a row on big noon kickoff? It's great. You don't care. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, honestly, this is this is um, uh, minutia. It okay. doesn't matter. And I know you love it. I do. But I'm going to continue to make guppy faces over here, okay? <laughs> okay, you do that. Uh, week three is the one we talked about already. Washington going to uh, uh, Michigan State. It'll be 2 p.m. Pacific time. Going to be on Peacock. Uh, very, very interesting one. Peacock. We love Peacock. You know, Colorado State at Colorado. Big ESPN, 7 p.m. game. So they're, they're getting another prime, I mean, uh, another major uh, – network there. So I don't know who knows. Colorado could potentially be like two and one at that point uh, after those games. Uh, we'll see. Fresno State's going to go to ASU uh, 7.30 p.m. on FS1. And uh, that's about all of note. Um, San Diego State will be at Oregon State on FS1. Yeah. But uh, some interesting stuff going on, I think, with the schedule. And you do Interesting care. stuff indeed. Right. Um, we're... <laughs> Just stewing. <laughs> West Texas Mike says, why is David David Woods showing us his nose hairs? Look, you got to have something interesting to watch when Ryan's reading off the schedule. Right. He says, uh, and, and when I'm reading off the schedule, I can't see David showing the nose hair. So I'm not. Like, I know. Looking. That's why I was kind of going for it. Uh, but then every time you asked me a question, I had to dial it quickly back. Gotcha. And also, I didn't want to blow out anyone's eardrums sitting that close to my, you know. My my state of the art audio apparatus, which is my MacBook's um, built in microphone. Perfect. Uh, all right. Well, there goes the schedule. Um, 
the whole point when you play college football, David, you have this regular season and then there's the bowls, right? You want to play a postseason game. Well, back in 2020, Chip Kelly. That's what ESPN tells me. ESPN tells me it's all about the college football playoff and everything true. else doesn't matter. That's true. And maybe that's why, you know, Chip that's Kelly. That's actually what to... you tell me on this show all the time, too. No, I, I like bowl games. I like going to mm-hmm. bowl games. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly turning around the UCLA program, uh, earning a holiday bowl bid. Um, two years ago. Two years ago. I mean, just it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, been a long time. Holiday Bowl has been a long time partner with the Pac-12. Great to see that connection, that symmetry between league and postseason mm-hmm. game. It's just down in San Diego, right? You know, what was part of the Pac-12 footprint or, you know, will be. Uh, there's a, a lawsuit going on. I don't know if you're aware. Yeah. Uh, the Holiday Bowl is deciding to sue the Conference of Champions. And because UCLA. Because they, they know, and UCLA. Uh, I guess they know the Pac-12 is just flush with cash, so they're trying to sue them. Um, for damages because, and I don't know, I don't remember that this happened. I, maybe this is not true. UCLA refused to play just hours before kickoff of the 2021 game versus North Carolina State. Is, it, is that true? true? Yeah. And I was, um, I, I I'm, uh, so I don't know if it's worthy of a lawsuit. I, I, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if they're going to win. I doubt it. Um, because there were COVID implications, but, I was pretty cheesed off with UCLA's decision-making there. Um, gotcha. It should not have been the day of the game. It should have been made. Uh, they could have made that decision earlier. Uh, they chose not to. Um, but there were depth concerns that we wrote about at the time that likely would have prevented them from playing a competitive football game. And usually in those situations, they were canceling games a lot earlier. So... Uh, yeah, I, 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 the Holiday Bowl has legitimate beef. I don't know if they have legitimate beef that they're going to be able to get paid off for. Um, I, I don't know if it rises to that level. Um, but it sounds like what happened was the Holiday Bowl, um, UCLA was like, no, but then UCLA wanted something else. And then in response, like UCLA was like, we're going to sue you for not giving us our, 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 Something I, I can't even. UCLA remember was, was asking like. for like, "Hey, can we get our bowl gifts or something?" It yeah, something. something like it was something weird. And then the holiday bowls. Oh, oh. Well, here. How about this lawsuit? Here, this is what we'll give you. Um. So I don't know. Um. I think they. You know, I I, I doubt it goes too far because I'm sure there are. Um. You know, if you can make a a, a health crisis case, um then I, I think there's a lot of protections built in for that, but um, not a good look, not a good situation. Yeah. Uh, no, that's I, yeah, just hours before kickoff, unless something like tragic. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was ridiculous. Like they, they, they did not, they, they should not have waited that long. Um, you, you, you got to have your like drop dead time where, okay, we know this is an infectious disease. We know our regulations are if anybody has a positive test, they're not playing. And we know that the team has been together going to all of these bowl events and doing lots of different things. So two days before the game, a day before the game, whatever it is, uh, do your, okay, who do we have on the roster? And if we're projecting ahead, how many more guys are going to get it? Like, this isn't, it's math. I mean, it's, it's, you should have been able to figure this out. Um, and, you know, that's, I think that's a knock on UCLA. Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't really get to get your thoughts on like Colorado, the reports that they were talking with the Big Twelve. Um, but the athletic- you mean as reported by me via well, my friend of the friend. You well, you were saying know. that it's a done deal. But Whatever. Rick no. George did was quoted as saying, "We're members of the Pac-12. We're proud members of the Pac-12, and we've got to see where our media rights deal lands and where our conference goes. In a perfect world, we'd love to be in the Pac-12." But we also have to do what's right for Colorado at the end of the day. We'll evaluate things as we move forward. Now, this was before um, the grant of rights sort of thing, uh, you know, agreement agreement uh, came out. <laughs> the grant of rights binding agreement. The alliance, uh, basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but any, any thought, like, on Colorado talking with uh, the Big 12? It, it makes sense, right? You'd want to talk. Yeah, I mean, I, there's some people with Colorado who say there's no way that Colorado would ever go back to the Big 12. They're aligned more academically with the Pac-12 schools and all that kind of yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it makes logical sense um, with, again, the Pac-12 not – again, I don't know if it's on death's door, but not being in good shape. Um, I think anybody who has a live offer from another conference should at least strongly consider it. Um, or even if it's not a live offer, if it's just in treaties or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're Colorado, the Arizonas, Utah, yeah, all of them, um, they should be looking around. Yeah. I mean, it's only only prudent because um, the Pac-12 still uh, – we're in June now. We're in June of 2023, and there is still no offer on the table that we know of from any of these television networks, any package of networks. Uh, to show Pac-12 content starting in what year, 2024? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting we're getting tight to it now. Next year, yeah. yeah. Well, and then some other kind of, you know, you you mentioned the academic side. Arizona State, along with Notre Dame and Miami, became AAU schools, so they got that accreditation. So that could make Arizona State more um, attractive somewhere. Uh, there's been talk about. And I think Jason Shear mentioned this and some others about, and I, I believe it was the Arizona president saying that Arizona, Arizona state, you know, are tightly aligned and they can kind of act as like a voting block, you know, like they can take 20% of like the PAC 10, uh, the two of them together, but they don't have to act together. So there could be a split off there. And Shear also tweeted something out. Um, I think it was last week or well, a little bit ago. He says, Washington is recognized by both the Big Ten and Pac-12 as having more value than Oregon. And I got a whole bunch of crazy mentions. I don't know what you think on that. But there's no, sort of... But we, we've, we've talked about that before. Um, Oregon, so Oregon, success on the field is pretty much unmatched in the Pac-12, right? In the last right. 20 years or so? Yep. Um, 15 at least. Um, Washington, though, it's a, it's a more historic brand. Um, like it's... The thing, the thing with Washington and the thing with any school that had success in the 80s and stuff that you have to be aware of is as long as that program still has a pulse, they have a huge fan base, like a huge fan base. Um, and when they're good, those people are going to donate in droves. They're going to watch the whole thing. It's also in a bigger market. It's in Seattle versus the Portland area market. Um, a lot of these factors combine make obviously Washington, a, a little bit bigger brand than Oregon. It, it makes total sense. Um, it's just people who get hung up on which program's doing well right now. And that's not to say that like Oregon, Oregon is a much bigger brand now than it was in 1998 or whatever. 
because of that success. Um, but there are limitations to that market that would require like sustained success on the level of like, I don't know, one of those Alabama runs from like the seventies or something. I would say more like Clemson, like do, yeah, like, do, do, do it like Clemson where yeah. you win a couple of titles yes. and you make the playoff with some consistency for like five or six year period. Then we can start talking about Oregon as, um, you know, one of the two or three biggest brands in the league. But right now I think it's still, you know, you still kind of align along the historical lines. It's USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, uh, probably behind those three. Yeah. Uh, RIP your mentions now too. Um, but yeah, so, but there's, I, you feel like the conference, the schools are sort of jockeying for position, like making a case for, Hey, here, you know, take me, take me, take, take me sort of thing to either the big 12 or the big 10, just in case like the media rights deal. Cause I feel like whoever, if the media rights deal isn't what, you know, people are expecting, or it just isn't good enough. The first one to go is going to get the better deal. Like USC and UCLA left first, like they're going to get the best deal. But if you're sort of like third or fourth, leaving what's left of the pack 10, if that ends up happening, the fracturing happens, it breaks apart. You're not going to be in a position of power to be the first one. The first one I think is going to have the most leverage to like break the seal i guess you could say well it, it's it's sort of the same deal as what the pac-12 is dealing with right now in its own broad negotiations which is it has no leverage it's also the last to act it's it's there's a lot of uh, situations here where they don't have negotiating power um and again that desperation reek uh now i think the rest of the pac-10 is going to have limited leverage no matter what like i don't think there is a ton of uh, leverage that any of the schools have. I think it it probably, you know, kind of aligns pretty well with, you know, what's their market power? You know, Washington and Oregon have some market power, you know, but do Cal and Stanford, does Oregon State, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then on top of that, whoever's left among, so say, say Washington and Oregon go somewhere or say uh, Colorado and uh, ASU or whatever, scoop up some Big 12 bids, I, I think there is a natural diminishing effect for the rest of them um, where, oh, no, no, now you're a, now you're rats off of a sinking ship um, so we can get you for scraps. Um, yeah. And whether, they, whether they'll want to do that, um, you know, I think there is an element where uh, a lot of the people in charge now have no sense of perspective on what's best long term because locking – Locking a bunch of programs into bad deals um, in perpetuity is just going to um, diminish the stability of your eventual league and conglomeration. But I don't think anybody cares. Um, it'll just be short-term, you know, profit motive. All the stuff that's breaking the sport in every real discernible way uh, is going to continue to break it in every real discernible way. Blaze Bunnies, uh, I think taking a little offense to your statements there. He said, Oregon gets way more viewers per game. Oregon has a bigger national fan base than Washington. And he says, why not a couple of years of Chris Peterson? Would this even be a conversation? Well, you can't do that for one. But any thoughts on they have a bigger national fan base? I don't know. I mean, I doubt it. But sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do. Um, Washington has uh, a healthy base of uh, fans going back to like the 1970s because of Don James. Um, Oregon started being good in like, I don't know, 2001, 
Um, so it's it's a different deal. I, and this is I'm not knocking Oregon. Oregon's you know obviously the 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 probably the banner holder for the league um, in the last 15 years has certainly outpaced USC in that time. Um, and if it sustains that, and if it continues that, then there's not going to be, we're not going to be even having this conversation in 10 or 15 years. Um, but as it stands right now, I mean, Washington is still able to be good enough, uh, consistently enough that it generates new fans. It's in a big market. Um, it's got, you know, as much as this helps to sustain a program, it's got a better recruiting base than Oregon does. Um, and that's not to say they recruit better than Oregon, but if you're projecting sustainability in the long term, you know, if if Phil Knight dies and there's no this, uh, sustainable relationship with Nike for whatever reason, and and I said if Phil Knight dies, he's going to die. Um, the man's when. in his 80s. Uh, but when he dies... We did kill and, Doyle, Doyle Brunson recently, so I don't want to kill Phil Knight. True. I don't want to kill Phil Knight. Yeah. Um, but all those things, like, they, they play into it. Um, and it plays into also your valuation as a program like Washington, you look at it, you say, well, they got the Seattle recruiting base. Um, they've had success in many different decades over the years. That's a, that's a sustainable brand and they've got a fan base. They've got donations like they're, that's, that's an ongoing concern. Oregon is too, but if you're literally just like weighing the things you say, well, is there, is there still a sense that Oregon could be, you know, not a flash in the pan because it's been going on for 15, 20 years now, but something that, you know, with the wrong set of coach hires, with Phil Knight's money drying up, could it peter out at some point a little bit to a greater extent than Washington could? Yeah. I want to quick thing, get your thoughts. Uh, so we found out last week that the SEC, you know, they got, they add Texas, they add Oklahoma, 16 teams. They are, you know, one of the two leagues that would have eight team, uh, you know, eight league games. And it's funny, the last, I think it was the last like 10 or so national championships have only been won by like the ACC and the SEC. Um, teams that play eight league games. Oh, because Ohio State won when the Big Ten had only eight league games. No nine league game, te- like conferences won a national championship. This feels like like one of those uh, correlation causation problems. Um, It's not the thing, but they're another way to put it. Another way to put it is that, like, how many SEC teams and ACC teams did you say had won the last semi on whatever national championships? I don't know. I mean, I don't remember. Like every single one since 2008, besides the one for Ohio State, basically. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Where are they located? In the South. All of them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <Most of> <laughs> correct correct um i wonder if maybe that has something could be too. more to do with the correlation but anyway they're sticking with eight games i don't think they can do it long term because you would literally never play like texas might never play like mississippi state or something like it just if you're gonna have that many teams in your league you need to play more league games but they're for 2024 they're going to not do it uh, the the teams in the middle or the lower they don't want nine league games because they want to still be able to make a bowl game. And I mean, it's just funny when you would see SEC teams go four and and out of conference. Cause they play a bunch of cupcakes, the Sanfords and the Sam Houston States and stuff go two and six in the league. So they go two and six in conference and go to a bowl game. And it's just sort of like, okay, like that's about as gaming of the system as you can get. 
Um, but it's going to be another year of that. I don't know if you care or any thoughts on it or whatever, but. I mean, uh, I think we'd all prefer it if there were more meaningful games. Um, but I mean, as it stands, um, their strength of schedule is still going to be really good. Um, playing only eight SEC games because uh, the SEC for for both true reasons and false reasons is always going to be super highly rated in any kind of analytic system. I mean, there's a little bit of human centipede action going on, but also they they do they recruit better than everyone else, and they have better programs and they have better teams. Um, on on the especially at the top and high middle end, um, things get real sketchy real fast when you get to the low end of the SEC. But we don't need to worry about that. Um, so from a fan perspective, uh, somebody who I'll be honest, watches maybe one sec game a year. So I don't really care, but from a fan perspective, who's not me, you would obviously prefer to see nine real games versus, uh, eight real games, but, um, it, it won't do anything to diminish their credibility as playoff contenders. In fact, it'll probably enhance it. Uh, cause as much as we would like to believe it is all analytics based, um, a lot of this is counting. Um, it's still counting. Uh, the college football committee is still prone to just counting wins. Um, and so, uh, the sec has gained the system correctly. Uh, in addition to, again, having the best programs that recruit the best and have the best teams, but they also game the system correctly, which gives them a resounding advantage in any kind of say, for example, expanded playoff system where they'll have an even bigger advantage than they had before. Yes. Uh, no, I think you're right. They will. I, I think it's going to eventually have to go to nine. I mean, they've talked about even trying to do 10, but I think you have to do that. You, and the the top schools want it. Like Georgia doesn't want to have, they want to have better games and they don't care if you get an extra Mississippi state on the schedule. They're They're good with that. But Mississippi state doesn't want an extra Alabama on the schedule. And that's sort of like where we are with all of that. Um, they did do, uh, I forgot who tweeted out, but did do. went for 2023 they're the number of teams in each conference that are playing at least 10 power five opponents. So the big 10, 13 of the 14 teams in the league will play at least 10 power five opponents. That's pretty cool. Big 12, 11 of the 14 will the pack 12, 10 of 12. So almost every team will play at least 10 power five opponents. The ACC, 10 of the 15 teams and the sec two of 14. So, there's a little gaming of the system. They know what's up. Yeah, they know what's up. <laughs> you don't have to play as many games against Power 5 conferences. Yeah. Um, I think that that makes sense. All right. Anything else you got, David? We can take a break. Oh, oh we're going to get to my news now? What's your news? I got nothing, dude. Oh. Get out of here. So those are all my notes. And then what you have is your contribution is what? Uh, I sit here and I no look sense. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, chat about whatever the questions are. We have some questions back in a minute. (laughs) That's a good screen. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh boy! If you're not, uh, if you're listening, you're not getting the full effect of uh, David just getting right up close, nose hairs in the camera. It's perfect. Um, we do have a voicemail. Our buddy Perk, I believe. So let me play it for you. Am I going to be able to hear it? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, just with more conference realign talk going on. Um, I was curious to know. Given since, I think it's what, 2011, 2012, when there were rumors of Texas and Oklahoma joining the Pac-12, uh, it got me wondering, um, not, I mean, obviously, I guess you want to factor in logistics into it. That, that makes sense. But I was wondering, did you guys ever have uh, a team or two that you guys wanted to see in the Pac-12 um, to, to join the footprint? Um, curious to get your guys' thoughts on that. Thanks. No, but that, I, I thought that would have been cool as hell if Texas and Oklahoma had joined. Uh, back when Larry Scott was trying to make that happen. Yeah, that would have changed the landscape. And when David said earlier, the Pac-12 will die, it's hard to argue against that. But if the Pac-12 could have brought in Texas and Oklahoma, I think eventually there would have been like the SEC, like this, you know, there's just a monster, right? The Big Ten becoming like this monster. But the Pac-12 could have been like that alternate, like the third, you know, one, right? Where the Big 12 withers and dies. The ACC gets absorbed and withers and dies. And there's like a three. And you have like basically west of the Mississippi is like the Pac-whatever. That was a possibility. And without Texas and Oklahoma, that's not you know, going to happen. Now they could have left just like USC and UCLA left if this was, you know, but you would assume that the conference would have done better uh, if, if Texas and Oklahoma came on board, but. Yeah. I mean, the leadership in, in retrospect, the leadership was always going to be a problem. Even if Larry Scott pulled off that deal, he was still going to grift and steal money. Um, So that, that was always going to be uh, a, a factor. And so I think the PAC 12 was always going to be in worse shape after his leadership. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the scenario where they somehow acquire Texas and Oklahoma and whatever, Oklahoma state and Texas tech or whatever the hell it would have been, uh, or even just the two, um, if they had done that and the leadership had been able to change right then, or Larry Scott had not been a factor at that point. Um, Yeah. You could foresee a situation where the Pac-12 is one of the powers in college football right now, or the Pac-16, or whatever it would have been, uh, because they would have had, I mean, three of the uh, wealthiest, biggest draws in college football from a TV, well, from a from a market standpoint, because Texas has the entire state of Texas, and UCLA and USC have all of LA. Um, yeah. 
So between those three, the amount of TV revenue that would have come in, and that's not even factoring in Washington, not factoring in the Arizona market, not factoring in, you know, yada, 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 the Bay Area, whatever it is. Uh, but the, the, the per school, I mean, what are we talking with the Big Ten right now? Like 70 million probably ish, yeah, more depending on what numbers you're looking at. Uh, wouldn't have been a surprise to see it be something similar to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, email questions. Frank in Sacramento. He has two. Maybe I'll read them both. Uh, so the Trojans turned the cert. So it's USC pulls a boner on bone. Yeah. So we didn't mention that. Uh, USC. Oh, wow. That happened since we last recorded. Didn't it that? is. Mike Bone, uh, USC athletic director, uh, resigned. But obviously was uh, forced out. Uh, the LA Times, the Athletic, they all did these investigations. He, before he left for USC, there was two like unfinished investigations about his, you know, conduct at, at Cincinnati. So big, big mess. Uh, so he's out. Now how how was Carol Fult hired him? Correct. Yes. And then and then she uh, fired him. Correct. Well, here at the end. Yeah. Come on. Come on. She let's... she. We're adults. Let's talk about it. I would say she fired him. Yeah. Um, is she getting any blowback for hiring this clown? She should be. Um, it's weird because the athletic... So they had hired such bad athletic directors for so long. I said if you just hired like a decent one, things would get a lot better. I never... I would say... I like Mike Bone personally. Like when I interact with him... People would ask him, like, he could be, like, a pretty good athletic director. He could be great. I don't know exactly, but he'll do way better. And he's made the athletic department a lot better, right? So he's fixed a lot of the problems. Basketball's better. Football's obviously better. Lincoln Riley. They're going to the Big Ten. Uh, they hired a really good women's basketball coach. They hire a baseball guy who's turned things around quickly. Like, they've got better on all those aspects. Um, graduation rates. Like, all that stuff is better. This is, like whatever off-field uh, behavior stuff that he's, you know, apparently issues he's had. And they've hired, and then Frank's question is about the search firm. So you hire turnkey search to vet these guys. And obviously they didn't. So um, if you did any little research, you would kind of find out some of the stuff. So they probably wouldn't have hired it to begin with, but yeah, there, I think she should be getting some blowback uh, for this because, you know, but they had such bad athletic directors before, they were like not good at their jobs. At least he seemed to be decent at his job. Just some of the other stuff wasn't there. I mean, yeah. I mean, you kind of take the reverse though. I mean, look, the dude, um, like it sounds like he's got the, like, I don't know. So my vibe from meeting him was he was kind of a, uh, how do I put this nicely? <laughs> you don't put stuff nicely. He had like the big country goon vibe. Like he talks like a big country goon. Like, oh, hi, how you doing? Uh, which is just me making fun of a region of the country, and I regret it terribly. Uh, but, but he, he would didn't... say, "Hey, David, come sit next to me and chat." Like that's he would yeah, do that. Yeah, and then he'd pat me on the knee, probably. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I think it's all um, really gross stuff um, that he was up to. And you know, you read the the. You read the on-the-record comments from some of the people at Cincinnati, and it's if he was such a such a kind of a scummy dude that they're willing to go on the record, kind of blowing him up. Uh, that's really not a good sign. Um, no, and like the stories themselves are you know icky, uh, but then on top of it, that they're just like 
he's he's such a bad guy that I would like to blow up his career now. Because um, a lot of times in these situations, and it's unfortunate, but a lot of times women will kind of, uh, you know, it's just part of the world and all that kind of crap. Um, but for so many to be willing to um, speak out against him, uh, not 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 a good reflection on him. And also really, really bad reflection on the leadership at USC that they, that they didn't get that. Um, and, you know, you, you hire these uh, firms to do your searches, but you also have to do your due diligence. Like UCLA got burned with this with Steve Alford. Um, and I don't even know if I can't remember if they hired a firm to help, but they didn't do their due diligence. And then it turned out that he had, um, really done some messed up stuff with stuff with a rape case at Iowa when he was there. Um, and they got burned in the opening press conference. Um, so, I mean, this took a couple of years, but you, I mean, you gotta do some like basic research. This, this wouldn't have taken much. Like, no, especially if you, you have call, two like pending around, investigations, you like, know, I, I, when I've applied for a couple of jobs, have gotten people to call my old coworkers, right? Like, this is a job where you're paying a guy. I mean, how much was Bone getting paid? One point five million dollars, something like that. Probably like two ish, I think. Or yeah, uh, you're you're making a a major executive hire, and you're not calling around to like every single subordinate you can get a phone number for, like every single direct report you can get a phone number for, and or every single colleague that you can get a phone number for. What are you doing? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, we can all like blame Turnkey or whatever, but. You kidding? You're gonna have to deal with this guy. They're not. So what are you? Why aren't you making these phone calls or having your assistant do it? It's weird. Like I've caught. Like I don't know a lot of people in Cincinnati, but I've knew a couple, and I caught. Like, and I talked to people at USC. Now, to be fair, I think they were all men. The people I talked to, and I never got. No one was like, "Oh my god, this is bad." Like I didn't get that. So, I think you definitely have to talk to the right people, um, because there's. There's definitely people that had bad, you know, really bad experiences. And it, from the on-the-record accounts, it's like it's terrible, you know. Um, but it's not like the people that I talked to, you kind of found that out. But, well, anyway, I'll get to the question. So the, uh, the Trojans turned uh, the search for, quote, an athletic director with integrity over to turnkey search. It worked out more like a turkey search. The, web, the website touts their sports entertainment recruiting prowess. I thought all the stuff with older men doing back rubbing, hair smelling, and shoulder touching of young women ended when Joe Biden admitted it was a mistake four years ago. Frank in Sacramento. Did, did he admit it was a mistake? I don't know. I don't know he did. And um, he, I mean, he followed up with one thing on the terrible athletics directors at USC. We knew Helton was bad and Swan was worse. I'm sorry, Hayden was bad and Swan was worse. But one thing Hayden did well was wrangle control of the LA Coliseum away from the city of LA. And the state of California, SC, got it for the next 99 years at almost no cost. Also, the remodel of the Coliseum that Hayden put together was really well done. We don't credit him enough for that. I would kind of disagree on the remodel, but anyway, that's uh, Frank. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, kind of just same deal. Um, it's uh, – I, I would I would say Carol Folt uh, – that is her name, right? That is her name. Yeah. Uh, she should not be absolved in this. Um, you, you're making you're making a major executive hire. You you got to do some calls yourself. Um, you don't get to just push this off on other people. Um, it's one of the most public faces of your brand. Um, in reality, universities like 
you got to think of your sports. Um, if you're a major university, you have to think of your sports as, if not the primary marketing force for your university, it's right there. And if you're hiring your essential public spokesman, you know, people, people who are hearing the most from a USC or UCLA or any of these big schools, um, a lot of times it's the coaches and the athletic director. And, uh, you got to do a better job than that. That's just as simple as that. You got to be able to vet and look, Mike Bone isn't going to prison for any of the stuff that's been reported anyway. I mean, it's not like what he did, uh, not criminal. Um, but it is. You see it on it, Mad it, Men, it, right? Like it would have been. It would have been disqualifying to hire, obviously. Yes. Um, and so it's just. Yeah. Anyway, if you're in a position where you have to fire a guy for stuff that should have been known when he was hired, you should probably be fired. That's kind of my general take on it. All right. You want to do the next one? Uh, yeah, sure. I do want to do the next one. Um, this <laughs> is from Anthony. I don't want to make you do any work, David. I'm sorry. Just like it's good that you can just sit there yeah. in your basement and listen to airplanes. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> Hi, Ryan and Dave. <laughs> You're going on an eight-hour car ride, but you can only listen to one of these female artists. Who are you listening to? And it is a graphic of Madonna, Mariah Carey, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, Rihanna, Whitney Houston, Beyonce, Adele, and Celine Dion. The answer is obvious to me, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts before I divulge. Obviously, amazing artist there. I would, I think, just the, I'd go Rihanna. I think I'm going to go Rihanna. No doubt in my mind, it's Adele. Adele, okay. Adele, yeah. Uh, banger after banger after banger. Would listen to that crap all day. Uh, the ones in here that I would listen to without uh, any um, any problem whatsoever would be uh mariah carey taylor swift lady gaga whitney houston beyonce and adele all but madonna no i wouldn't do madonna wouldn't do britney spears wouldn't do celine dion and wouldn't do rihanna not a big you wouldn't rihanna do rihanna guy. not a big rihanna guy really yeah her super bowl show was pretty fire i didn't watch it oh i don't uh, much care for her music i like uh that's, I, the, that's the oldest thing i will ever say in my life that's that's pretty old I, I could listen to Madonna's got a ton of good songs, like a lot of good songs from the eighties and stuff like all I could listen. I don't, I wouldn't disqualify any of them. You know, I'd be down. Um, but all right. I, I could, I could not do an hour of Madonna. I don't know about eight really? hours. No, right. no, man. No. And, and like listening to Britney Spears, like not like she's a performer, like just listening to the songs. Yeah. Come on. Like, the thing is, the, the ones I picked, like Mariah Carey, great voice, right? Like, you're, oh, yeah. you're listening to some cool stuff. Taylor Swift, good songwriter. Lady Gaga, very interesting. Like, a lot of yeah. really interesting songs. Whitney Houston, great voice. Beyonce, a lot of fun, upbeat dance, you know, music. It's all very good. Uh, it's got a nice beat, something to drive to. And Adele, obviously, great voice. But, I mean, Celine Dion, I think her songs suck. Uh, Madonna doesn't have a good voice. Britney Spears doesn't have a good voice. And Rihanna, again, it's just not for me. Not for me. Okay. Uh, Ross says, see you later. Hey, guys. What percent chance would you give George that George Klayovkov at the end of the season just says, screw this, uh, I'm out, and he quits? 
I mean, I think he'd be kissing a lot of his sports executive career. Uh, well, not goodbye, but maybe see you later for a while. Yeah. Um, I think he has to pull off something. It doesn't have to be great, but he has to at least put a deal on the table that people have to think about. Um, so I think, but once he does that, see it through for a couple of years, then move on. I mean, the thing is, if you're just like presiding over the death of a league and you can't put a TV deal on the table, I mean, what are you going to do? Go run blackjack for MGM? Like, what's the, <laughs> what's the, I mean, are you a pit boss? What, what, what happens at the end of that? So, <laughs> Um, no, I mean, uh, he's, I feel for him. He got dealt a horrible hand. Right. Um, and he's picking up for, I mean, if, if Klyavkov had been the executive in 2009 or 11 or whenever the Texas Oklahoma stuff was happening, uh, the PAC 12 would be in a lot better shape. Um, because I don't know a whole lot about him still, but, uh, I, I don't think he's trying to grift on the margins like Larry Scott was. Right. Um, so yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if he gets frustrated enough, I imagine this has been very stressful on him. Um, I, I'm sure it is. The fact that he isn't talking says a lot, I think. Um, but yeah. I feel like he's got to protect his own legacy. He's going to do the best he can. I don't think walking away is going to be the best he can do. But if things disintegrate, then he'll be out of a job if there's no league. So, But I, yeah. I think he's got to put the best face forward and just be like, I did everything I could and it just, there was no way to keep this together. Like Larry Scott left such a mess that it was, you know, it was on life support and I did everything I could to, to bring the body back to life, but it just didn't work. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Uh, we've got, uh, this is one from Michael that you forwarded and he says it's a POC question, but it's a very USC specific question. Oh. Uh, Hey Ryan and Dave, how many different Trojan players do you expect to score touchdowns in week one against San Jose State? Over, under, at six and a half, fight on, Mike. Six and a half is a high one. I'd, pro I'd, probably, I'd probably say like five or six, so I'll go under. So different players? Yeah. Um, not, not total yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, got to go under. That's a lot. Yeah. It's um, an easy under. Yeah, easy under. Yeah. Uh, week two games... From Vancouver, Washington, is Peter in Vancouver, Washington. Gentlemen, as we approach the season and now we have game times. See, Peter's excited about that, unlike oh, you. God. I'd like your thoughts about the Pac-12 games going into week two. There are seven games between Pac-12 teams and Power 5 opponents from other conferences, and three of them are away games. So pay attention, David. Arizona at Mississippi State. Arizona State versus Oklahoma State. Colorado versus Nebraska. Utah at Baylor, California versus Auburn, Oregon at Texas Tech, and Washington State versus Wisconsin. None of those games are sure wins for the Pac-12, and more than a few seem like likely losses. What record do you think the Pac-12 will have in those games, and what will the results say about the conference, especially since two of the top teams are not among those playing in the games, USC and Washington. Most of the games are on major networks, so there should be plenty of eyes watching these games. Peter in Vancouver. Okay. Uh, let's go through it. Arizona got... at Mississippi State. Loss. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would lean towards loss. Just it's, it's a tough one on the road. Arizona State versus Oklahoma State. Loss. Yeah. 
Colorado versus Although Nebraska. Oklahoma State's lost a lot too, but Arizona State, I don't know if you've followed their roster too much. They really haven't done the huge reloading like um like Colorado, obviously. But um I think it's gonna be a little bit of a slow build for our man Denny Killingham. Okay. Uh Colorado versus Nebraska. I'm gonna go Colorado. Win. Yeah, I th- I think they host Nebraska. A couple rebuildings. Uh Colorado's got some electric talent. Colorado win. All right, so we're at one and two. I would say after those three, I think one win is a right. Like maybe it's not Colorado, but I think you get one of those first three. Sure. That seems fair. All right, then Utah at Baylor. Uh I think Utah. Call it a loss. Uh you're gonna call it a three. loss? Yeah, dude. Did you learn nothing? Nothing from Florida last year. True. This is okay. All right. It's a road game. It's it's a road game in a tough environment. Utah's going to come in a little bit tight. It's a normal game to lose. Totally normal. Utah will lose. That's fine. And that's totally fine. Cam Rising may not even be healthy for this game. Okay. One and three. Cal versus Auburn. Oh, yeah. One and four. Um, actually, no, this is one that Cal will win. It'll be one of those sneaky, stupid wins. You think Cal will win this one? Two, two and three. Yep. Okay. Uh, Oregon at Texas Tech. Uh, go three and three. Yeah. Oh, that's a win. And then Washington State versus Wisconsin. I'll say Wisconsin wins the, uh, wins the comebacker after Washington State took it to them in Madison last year. So three and four. All right. I, I think I'm going, I would go four and three. I think. Yeah. Well, you're an optimist. Eternal. I'm an optimist there. Uh, what, so what would that say about the conference? Um, Nothing. <laughs> it's like it's like you with the grand pronouncements about the Florida game last year where if they had simply just not uh, lost whatever that other stupid game was, uh, they would have made the playoff. They Who did uh, – they lost to – like who did Utah lose to that was a weird one? Oh, they no. lost. Hang on. Is it Arizona on. State? No, Washington lost to Arizona State. That was a weird one. No, Utah. Utah did some something stupid. It was they lost. Oh, yeah. Sorry, they lost to Oregon by three, uh, and then before that, they had lost to. Uh, wait, who else did they lose? To? Oh, they lost to UCLA. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. All right. I think you got Coach B. Coach B. All right. POC subreddit. Yo, which of you Larry Scott lovers changed the rules of the subreddit? Approval to post from the mods? Who the fuck is a mod? Why do I need approval to post unsubstantiated rumors, talk smack, and make up lies about David? So I will say this. I have not touched the Reddit. I haven't either. So maybe something changed. Whoever created it, maybe. The moderator list is now hidden. Wait, hang on. Hang on. Let me get in here. Jeez. Tell us what's going on, David. Making me do work. I'm going to get in here. Podcast of Champions. We got to confirm our password, oh, which I do remember. How do you I do have that? to type correctly because it is complicated. Confirm password. We're in here. Everything's fine. What's going on? Okay. Let me see if I remember how to do anything in here. We are the only two mods, so... So Why no one's going to get approved because we don't log into it anymore. It's restricted. Why is it restricted? I would like to make some changes to this thing. How do I do that? Community mod, view wall moderators. I am a moderator. All right. Well, if somebody wants to, um, 
Oh, mod tools. There we go. Okay. Uh, real life, uh, real time. Well, they asked for it. They're getting it. Coach B uh, wants it. Dude, I don't. Somebody, somebody who knows the Reddit stuff, send me an email. Send Ryan an email. And I'll don't send me out. an email. I'm not doing this one. Send Ryan. This is all you. Um, uh, what are we doing, guys? This Bush League podcasting might be fine for the P or bro, but we expect better. I demand a refund or at least another episode. Damn it. It's been three weeks since you posted anything. I'll say it. Get that together. Come back and see me. Oh, and whoever the listener is that has these guys on the dating sites, get these guys on Grinder ASAP. They would kill it. Love, Coach B and SD. P.S. You guys are at 956 subscribers at the time of this email. I'm looking forward to the day you hit 1,000 and can monetize the channel. I will be there waiting with my mouse quivering over the unsubscribe button. Miss me with that ad revenue shit. Who do you think you are, KTLA? Okay. Uh, thanks, Coach Bean. Thanks, Andy. I guess. Uh, thanks is the word, yeah. We got one. We have a few like um, comments in the YouTube chat, but we'll start. We'll finish the emails with Jay in New York. Have you seen the uh, the air quality in New York because of the fires in Canada? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people in New York bitching like uh, it's the end of the world. We've been dealing with that out here for like fifty years. Not not that long, but no. it's it's been pretty bad. It looks pretty nuts. Long. nuts. Sorry yeah. about that. Sorry, okay. it's going bad. There. Uh, Jay says, hey, fellas, since it's clear that George Klyovkov can't land a media rights deal that will keep the conference together, based on people caring about it in a serious way, please rank the following gimmicks the Pac-12 should consider adopting to make their product more appealing. So he gives, um, I think he gives five. Let's see. One is uh, full relegation, including the Mountain West and Big Sky. Hell yes. I mean. We are on board. Two, fully embrace Pac-12 After Dark and make every team play their game simultaneously Saturday night. Create a version of Red Zone for the Pac-12 uh, to at least capture the, the gambler audience. No way. Put that, put that down at the bottom. Okay. Three, create an in-season tournament to decide who is the conference champion, quarter semis, and a conference championship game in Vegas. Okay. I can get talked into that. Four, Cal and Stanford play each other 12 times. The loser at the end of the season shuts their program down. Uh, David would watch every Ooh. game. Yeah, no, like an elimination tournament hmm. where it's beyond relegation. If How about this? If you get built, couple that with relegation, and if you get relegated in two straight cycles from Mountain West to Big Sky, there should be another tier of relegation where you get kicked out of college football. Oh, I like that. Uh, and he labels this number four. I don't know if that was meaningful but i think it's five survival the previous year's conference champion starts as quote the leader they remain in first place in the league until a conference opponent beats them then that team is the leader this goes on and on until the last game when finally four and seven ucla knocks off 11-0 usc in the final game of the season and goes to the college football playoff as kings of the conference mm -hmm. jay new york that's basically just the uh, transitive property of sports writ, writ just, small. Just, <laughs> yeah, that seems a little weird. Yeah. I don't think I like that one so much. I don't love that one. Uh, we got a few YouTube ones, and we'll let you go, David, so you can get some sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the sick one. As you can tell, my voice is kind of giving out. Uh, Old Mike says, Colorado Board of Regents just canceled their special meeting tomorrow morning. 
Did you know about are that? these the, the like minutes meetings that they keep posting on Twitter that are like we will have a meeting to discuss the league and it's like they might just be discussing like whether they want to like raise revenue for like hot dogs this year or some crap. Yeah, I don't know. Ending, like it could be something else. There was some talk about that, but I don't know why they canceled the meeting. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of point that out there. Thanks for uh, posting that. That seems like some great. Um, who are the Who are the schmucks on Twitter that you keep? bringing up on this show who like mh veer uh and like genetics 58 or whatever um this is content for them not for us uh tony says notre dame's athletic director is retiring next summer being uh replaced by the nbc sports chairman pete i don't even know how you say that bavacqua bavacqua pete bavacqua i believe this helps a lot uh towards nd joining the big 10 any thoughts on that? Uh, no. no, don't care. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, it would it would change USC's situation, and they would be playing ten conference games, or they would have two protected rivals that are Notre Dame and UCLA every year. I think it would help USC if the if Notre Dame did join the Big Ten, because then you could then play they them. would not have to do ten Power Five games every single year, right? And they would allow them to get a like a like. 2024, they're playing LSU and Notre Dame, and then the Big Ten schedule, which we'll figure out in a few hours, I guess. Um, so that's that's that'd be a lot. So I think it would help them if if the Notre Dame joined. Speaking of that, Brian Wood says thoughts on the Big Ten quote flex protect scheduling model for USC and UCLA in 2024. Well, I don't know what's. I don't. Was there something announced that I didn't see like while we we're recording or? I don't, I don't know. know what let's protect means. I don't know so, what that uh, is either. So uh, I was unaware of that, Brian. Um, but you know, uh, we'll. <laughs> what if I just did that face all day every day? I think it would hurt. It would. It already kind of hurts. Just from like a few seconds of it. Yes. Uh, Eddie, uh, the Longhorn Network uh, wasn't an issue. If the Longhorn Network wasn't an issue and Larry could have pulled off the Pac-16, how would have he effed it all up uh, and doomed the conference in that reality? By basing the conference in one of the uh, most expensive real estate markets in the country and by stealing money. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and with the Longhorn, with uh, Texas and uh, more schools involved, he would have been able to steal more. Yeah. No, I think that's all right. Um. Yeah, I think he still would have messed it up. And you could have had like Texas and Oklahoma, USC, UCLA, like all leaving or, or something else. But if they would have, maybe those presidents come in and like help get rid of Larry Scott earlier, that would have been helpful. Maybe. Yeah. And they could see that he was uh, basically, uh, yeah. I mean, he, he made $50 million. It's a lot of money. Yeah. From so who who won? Larry Scott. Won. Larry Scott. Larry, Larry Scott, Scott was the winner of all yeah, this. Larry Scott was the big winner of the Pac-12 <sighs> All right. Well, David, it's been a it's been a, a pleasure uh, doing this. An honor. An honor. Honestly, um, for you. And it's all sure. over here. It's all over here. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. And everyone, we had. Uh, let me see. I think we had up to like sixty people or something watching. Maybe seventy live. million. Eighty million. Or 57 watching live at one time, which is pretty good yeah. considering we, uh, I didn't really promote this after we had to postpone it. Yeah. But thanks for, for sticking with us. If you're on the YouTube and 
Thanks for listening on the Podcast of Champions feed. And thanks, David, for all those great faces you've made. And anyone watching on YouTube, you just get this. this it's like a gift. It's like a Christmas gift to watch David and his face and freezing and all this kind of fun stuff. And, you know, nice. get a good view of his basement and everything. You want to show us around your basement or what's the? No, not really. <laughs> All right. For David Edward Woods, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.